Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. And I thank God for another opportunity to come before his people. My God, what a mighty God we serve. God is so worthy of all the praise, all of the honor, all of the glory. I thank God. I thank God. I thank him for what he is doing with and through us in this season. God is a faithful God. Oh my God. (laughs) When I look back over my life and I think things over, my God, I can truly say that I've been blessed. My goodness, I am a testimony. I thank God for the testimony. I was just reflecting earlier on today about the God that I serve, how God has kept me through the years. Oh my God, he's such a faithful God. Never, ever, 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 ever has there been a time in my life that I have been in need and I've cried out to the Lord and he has forsaken me not one time. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. As God continues to take us on this journey, I encourage you to come alongside as God continues to perfect our faith and continue to exercise our faith in him by demonstration of obedience, trust, and believing. God is such a mighty God. I'm telling you, mm, 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 just to reflect on who he is, just to think about all that he has done. What a mighty God we serve. Listen here, God is moving. He is moving in a mighty way. And I just want to encourage somebody today. I just, something is just in my spirit. It's just down in my soul. Amen. Trust God, trust God and not man. And do not be deceived. Don't be deceived by the enemy. My God. Listen, if y'all don't get nothing else from me, you you better be careful about who you allow to be in prox- in close proximity to you when God has a thing for you to do. You better be wise. Ask God for discernment so that you're not allowing people to enter in to that inner circle. Inner uh, inner cir- circle. I got this. Uh, cough drop in my mouth, but that place where they can penetrate, <laughs> attack, or or sting you in a way. Y'all better be careful. Now, God done show, show you some things. He done show you some things, so you got to be a good steward. You got to be a good steward over. Listen, this thing that God has taken us through at Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer, it is a faith walk. It is a faith wall. God is doing things by faith. I'm telling you, I'm just looking up to uh, some of the things that God is doing, the doors that he is opening. And I'm talking about not manufactured testimonies, but true live things that God is doing. But they're going to be some onlookers, some onlookers. And many people mean well. 
They mean well, but you got to be careful not to succumb to their lack of faith of who God is. Sometimes you got to keep your mouth shut, and that's my problem. Got to keep your mouth shut. You can't share everything with everybody until God gets done doing what he needs to do. It will wear on you, but I come to encourage you today. I come to let you know that God has given you the king, the keys to the kingdom. You hear me? He's giving you the keys to the kingdom. He's giving you access to the throne room. Amen. Oh, yes. God said, if you bind it on earth, he'll bind it in heaven. If you loose it on earth, he'll loose it in heaven. My God, if you ask in his name and believe that it's done, it's done. Believe what he says is done. Uh, That song is in my head. I'm telling y'all. God is doing something. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged. And people don't mean no harm. They really don't. But you got to be careful who you allow in those inner courts, who you allow in that inner circle within proximity, close enough to you. Uh, you know, they folks got to get prayed up. Listen, if you ain't praying, if you are not regularly praying and fasting and, and getting into the presence of God, don't get upset. It's not personal, but I got to cut you loose. I got I to gotta back away just a little bit. I still love you. I still love you. And I will continue to be there for you. But you will not have access to me in such a way that it will diminish or deter what God has. You remember when uh, Jesus was telling the disciples, he said, look, something about to happen here. I'm about to go and they're going to whip me. They're going to beat me. They're going to talk about me, spit on me, and eventually they will kill me. But this is all uh, necessary that my father's kingdom shall come. Amen. He said, all of this stuff has got to happen. But, you know, in three days, I'm going to I'm going to rise again and God will get the victory. And Peter said, "Uh, uh-uh, no, 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 no. They ain't about to do that. Peter was ready to rise up. He said, we're going to we're going to fight this one out. It ain't going to happen like that. And what did Jesus say to him? He said, get thee behind me, Satan. See, because Jesus understood something, he was coming and he was about his father's business. And although Peter, of of great intention, Peter, who told uh, Jesus later, he said, I'll never deny you. (laughs) But soon as the time came before the crow uh, crocked, Uh, The third time he had denied Jesus several times. He had denied him. He had denied him. So sometimes we better know. We better know. It don't mean, listen, to those that I'm talking to, don't mean you got the right to cut folk out of your life completely because they have a place and a space. Peter had a place and a space in Jesus' life, just like Judah. Uh, I mean, Judas, <laughs> Judas, he had a place in a space. Amen. It was a difference between the two of them. It was a difference. Uh, Judas was an opportunist. He was with Jesus because he heard all of the things that he could do. And he was looking for his opportunity to advance. You got to know who you're working with. You got to know who you're working with. And he was he was trying to get close enough to get trade secrets. He was a double agent. He was trying to get enough intel that it would bring value to those who were opposing Christ. 
Y'all better be careful. Y'all better be careful. Peter, on the other hand, he loved Jesus. We know he loved him. We know he cared for him. But he succumbed to his fear over his love for Christ. And not only that, he put his own fleshly desires above and beyond the relationship that he had with Christ. So it was about, it was more about his comfort level. He wanted God, he wanted Jesus to, 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 to uh, back into his comfort level. You know, people do that all the time because you don't want to deal with certain things. You expect someone else to just let you treat them however because it might be too much for you. Come on now. But anyway, that's not what I came here for. I wanted to sing that song to y'all. Y'all give me a minute. I want to sing that song. It's been in my soul. If I bind it on earth, he'll bind it in heaven. If he loose it on earth, he'll loose it in heaven. Just ask them my name and believe what it say. It's done. Uh-huh. It's done. I give you keys to the kingdom. Access to my throne room and the authority. Did I lose the word? Things I'll give them to you. <laughs> Come on now. How did I lose the words to that song? If you bind it on earth. Come on. I'll bind it in heaven. If you loose it on earth. I'll loose it in heaven, just ask in my name, and believe what it say, it's done, it's done, I give you keys to the kingdom, come on y'all, access to my throne room, then you will see all the promises, Everything I've given to you, then you can use the authority, calling things as though they were, binding problems, loosing blessings, this power is yours, hey, 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 shall be done. We used to sing this in a choir. It shall be done. It shall be done. <coughs> it shall be done. Yes, God is a mighty God. And what he said, he said, listen, Jesus told his disciples. As a matter of fact, one day he was talking to Peter. He was talking to Peter. He said, look, he said, it's going to come a time and that time is now. He said, I'm going to give you the key to the kingdom. I'm going to give you access to the throne room. And listen here, Peter, what you bind in the earth, it shall be bound in heaven. What you loose in the earth, it shall be loosed in heaven. If you ask in my name and you believe what I've told you, it shall be done. The keys to the kingdom was the gospel. He gave them the gospel to unlock the kingdom for all those who were unsaved. My God, what a mighty God we serve. I just want to encourage you today. That's not even what I planned on talking about. 
but I wanted to encourage somebody to know that Jesus is on your side. Listen, people are going to become so common with you. They're going to become so common with who they think you are and who they believe, who in their minds, they have conditioned their minds to believe that you are. But if God said, I have given you the king's the keys to the kingdom. I've given you access to my throne room. That means that when we go before God and we call those things that be not, they come to be. They manifest themselves through the blood and the authority of the name of Jesus. Don't you let nobody make you think that God ain't the God that we know that he is, that he can't make heaven and earth move on your behalf. Amen. I'm telling you, I just want to encourage somebody today. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't you dare. Don't you dare listen to those who have a lack of ability to believe on God, to do anything. Because God can do anything. And see, the thing that I stand on, (laughs) the thing that I stand on is that I know that I know that I know. There is no question in my mind that God has called me in this season, in this hour to carry out his will. And just like any faithful father, he is beginning to open up doors. He is removing obstacles. He's moving barriers out of the way. The sky beyond the sky is the limit. I will not constrain God on my lack of belief. Come on, y'all better believe God. This is a faith walk. He will begin to build the pavement underneath your feet because God said, you, my child, you, my daughter, you, my son, I have called you for such a time as this, not because you're so great, (laughs) not because you're so wonderful. We learned that about, you know, some of our founding fathers, right? They were not perfect, but they were considered righteous. And in this season and in this hour, God needs a willing vessel. God needs a willing vessel. He needs someone that will say, all right, God, I hear you. I I don't know exactly which way to go. I don't know how to go. Y'all see, prophetess, when God said, I want you to pastor, it took me about a year to get it together. Took me about a year. I said, you want me to pastor? Who you want me to pastor? He said, I called you just like Noah to his family. I called you to your family. I said, but God, they don't want to listen. They don't want to receive me. God said, well, you got to shift how you approach them. <laughs> You've got to be as gentle as a dove, but wise as a serpent. God said, you got to shift. You got to turn. But I said, but God, okay, now they keep on pricking my flesh. They keep hurting my little feelings. God said, but I called you. And you know that you know that you know. When I tell you I have seen miracles, signs, and wonders in my own life. I've been through a lot. I've been through a lot. And some, I've been through less than many. But a lot more than some. But when I tell you God has moved in such a way that you cannot change my mind about the God that I serve. God is a great God, and he is worthy of all the praise, the honor, and the glory. I'm seeking God in this season and in this, in this hour for the resources and tools to carry out the assignment that he has given me. I'm seeking God for these things, and I am trusting God that he will deliver. 
Let me make it plain to some of y'all. What we need God to do, God will do. The path that God has called us to take is the path that we will take. And listen to me and hear me well. For those that God has called to be a part of this mission, a part of this journey, I'm telling you, I had to surrender. I had to release. I had to pick up and follow and do what Christ called me to do. Amen. I had to walk in obedience to his will. And, 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 and listen, not everybody is called to this ministry, but you're called for something. I would even venture to say that anybody that is associated with and through my father's, my mother's bloodline, anybody that is associated with and through my husband's father, my husband's mother's bloodline, God is calling you in this season to enact his will. The capacity may be different. The assignment may be different. Your function may be different. But everybody at the same time has been called to do God's will. I say that with confidence. And I say that with authority. God has sent me to share with you that this is the season. This is the hour. I don't care what it looked like yesterday. I don't care what you thought it was going to be tomorrow. God said right here, right now, I need a commitment from you. I need a surrender from you. You must turn, turn from any and all things that are not pleasing to me that you can hear from me, be led by me, be directed by me. I'm telling you, this ain't no thing to play with. This ain't no thing to play with. And beyond that, I stand firm on the fact that I know that God, those that God has called to this ministry, I don't care where you're at. I don't care if you come in five years from now, 10 years from now, or tomorrow. If God has called you to this ministry, it's time for you to take up the banner and and move forward. Get the bloodstained banner. Lay down your life for Christ. Turn from your ways. Seek his face. None of us are exempt. I'm telling you, none of us. None of us. And if when you think of Christ, you see me, you in the wrong place. <laughs> if when you think of God, you see me, the first thing you see is me. And I'm, I don't even mean that you see me as a God or that you see me as Christ, but you see me as a representation or a reflection of God or Jesus. That means that you have not had an intimate exposure with the Lord. I, I, I'm telling you, I listen, and I got an assignment today. I'm supposed to be talking about Sarah, but I, I just got to get this out. I used to see God through the pastors, through the bishop, through ministers, evangelists, prophetess. I used to see God through them. I used to feel Jesus through experiences of others. And it was until I had a God experience, a Holy Ghost experience, a Christ experience, a Jesus experience in my life that I began to walk different. 
He's seeking us. He's seeking us. He's seeking a true relationship with us. Where you ain't got to get to him through me. You ain't got to get to him through no preacher, no pastor, no priest. You can go to him on your own. I just want to encourage somebody today. I I pray that that feel like encouragement, but I want to encourage you. I'm not sitting here to beat you down. But I want you to understand a few key things. God said that I have called you for such a time as this. And for those that I have called, I have equipped. And the equipping does not just stop with one equipping. He continuously improved that continuous ongoing improvement. God said, I called you for such a time as this, and I have equipped you. I need you to have faith that I got you. Every resource, every tool, everything that you need is coming your way. Don't you get bound by what you see or what you hear or what others say. Know that I'm coming. And just like we learned with Job, said, if I can't trace him, yet will I trust him. He trusted God, even when he felt like he couldn't trace him. But don't you get consumed with fear or consumed with doubt. Know that God will do it. We're trusting God. We are trusting God. I'm trusting God for the souls that he will send our way. I'm trusting God for the the helpers, the divine helpers to come and to be a help to progress God's purpose. I'm trusting God for a facility. So much we want to do. So much we need to do. And I'm not by any means. Let me tell you what my faith says. (laughs) I'm not constraining God to, oh, if it doesn't happen my way. God is going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or ever imagine. Mark my words. You better watch God because some of what God is going to do is just so he can open up folks' eyes. I was just talking about this earlier today, how Jesus used certain miracles, signs, and wonders during the time that he walked the face of the earth because it had a purpose. He had to use them to draw the attention of those who were wayward in in their ways and those who did not believe. So he had to perform these miracle signs and wonders so that they can see. There are some of you, even under the sound of my voice, that God is calling through this ministry, whether it's for you to stay or to, to, to come through or whatever. However he needs to use you, there are those of you that God is using what he's going to do in this ministry to show you, 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 that he is real. Sometimes I say, God blesses me in spite of and despite some folk. <laughs> People say, how did, you get, how did you get so blessed? How did God bless you so much, my haters? A lot of my, I'm telling you, a lot of my haters, God had to, you know, show them. Some of them, some of them started our haters and, and they became appreciators, but some of them still hate us. <laughs> God, some, I heard somebody preach, I thank God for my haters. I don't know if I'm there yet. 
But some folk God had to show. You said you said she wasn't nothing. You said God wasn't using her. You said she was this and she was that. God said, uh-uh, I know all about her. I know what I created her to be. I know and understand the mantle that is on her life. As a matter of fact, you are blindsided by the enemy because he does not want you, you, to receive the blessing of the gift that I have given through her anointing. Y'all, we got to be bold now. Time is running out. I ain't got time for a whole lot of stuff that I've tolerated in the past. So I just, I I meant to encourage somebody today. And I pray uh, that I can and I have encouraged somebody. But y'all, I got to get off of this kick because I got an assignment to do. Amen. We got to talk about Sarah. Sarah, that's my girl. All right. We're going to get into it. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. We're going to talk about Sarah. Sarah. Amen. That's what we talking about today. You know what's so funny? I've been going through this challenge on my job. And um, a lot of times I try to I, I, I try to pursue the path of peace. Y'all know prophets I be trying. But folk be trying me. And sometimes you come under a level of attack that becomes so subtle that you wonder, if is it even happening? Is it even happening? And so I began to ask God because I want to do a lot of self-reflection during this time. I don't want to be that pastor. They be like, oh, my pastor, a hot mess. She don't know how to act in public. <laughs> Y'all know I don't, but I do. But anyway, I had been going through this challenge on the job, and it was something that I, I, I knew was happening. I just couldn't put my finger on it. And the team, you know, was doing some things. And the Holy Spirit said, shut it down. Shut it down. Sometimes we have to shut things down because there is a saboteur, uh, a sabotaging spirit. I was thinking in my mind, the saboteur, saboteur. You know, I told I told my baby the other day, when we think about a saboteur, we're going to call him a saber-toothed tiger. Oh, maybe I should have let that cold word out. <laughs> but anyway, you know, uh, people will try to sabotage something even at the, the risk of them being damaged themselves. That's something I never understand. Now, you're going to throw everything away. Just because you you got a problem, but anyway, what they were attempting to do uh, was they they're trying to or attempting to fragment my program in such a way that is distributed to other teams to manage and to govern, and uh, so that they can uh, de-scope our uh, program, and it's no longer a program. You know, you've got other teams managing it. And and on the surface, I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm one. I'm like, hey, let's work for me to do. Come on, let's have at it. Except that approach will destroy and, and tear down the work that we've even done. But God showed me, and I'm telling you the day before 
he, I, I started acting on what the Holy Spirit said. I, I was thinking to myself, like, girl, you need to stop tripping. And why did God lead me to a video recording that they had done? And at the end of the recording, you got these jokers strategizing, talking openly about what they were going to do. And sure enough, I went in with the boldness of the Holy Ghost and began to shut it down. Why am I sharing this story? One, because it was on my heart. I needed to get it out so I can get to this study. (laughs) But two, just to encourage somebody. Listen, God has given you discernment. He's giving you discernment. And there are going to be some highly critical people in your life. There are going to be some people who are sabotagers. There are going to be some people that are, uh, uh, what you call them, uh, hyenas, you know, just want to tear at your flesh, want to destroy you. But don't you let it happen. It's, it's time out for that. Time out for all of that Millie Mouse, you know, crap that we've done for so long. We got work to do in every area and aspect of your life. God is giving you authority. He's giving you authority. Now, listen to me. We ain't talking about no Jezebel spirit, that controlling spirit that tries to control things that it does not have authority or rule over. I'm talking about the things that God is giving you governance and authority over. You better lead. You better lead like you know that God is giving you the ability. Does that mean that you uh, 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 misuse and abuse your power? Absolutely not. Listen, let me be clear about this. God has given us power, and I pray I get to this, Sarah. (laughs) He has given us power for the powerless. God has not given us power for ourselves. It is for the powerless. So if you have power and authority, entitlement, or ability, it's for you to take those who are, are imbalanced in that area and lift them to a place of empowerment. I'm going to leave that alone, but we're going to touch on it. We're going to talk about it. We got to talk about it because we got to shift and change how we do things. But yeah, so that's what happened this week with me. And I wind up, I wind up having a conversation with one of our uh, contractors or two of them this week. We, we kind of had to pull them into a conversation. And I said, listen, any and all discussions around scope or risk or prioritization of of uh, of assignment, I need to be included in those discussions. Anything that you're doing with our business partners, I need to be included. <laughs> this joker, after the it, while we were in the meeting, he told me he said, "I didn't I didn't include you because I wanted to protect you." I said, "Look at this demon! <laughs> I didn't include you. Y'all better y'all better catch on now." Is some people around you that are coming. They are coming as your friends. They are a foe. They are a foe. Let me be clear. They are coming to sabotage, to destroy what you are doing for no other reason than because it is you. We get so bogged down and caught up on racism and sexism and all of these other ism-isms. <laughs> None of those mean anything outside of demons hate God's people. 
It comes, it manifests itself under the guise of racism, which is why a lot of older white men, they can't stand to see me coming. You coming and you, you, you think you're going to tell me what to do? <laughs> that demon gets right irritated, agitated. But then you come into your own community and you got to suffer from or deal with or, or, or navigate through the same thing. So y'all better get to the root of what it is. All right. So we about to talk about Sarah because I done tried this a couple of times. Who was Sarah? Who was Sarai? Sarai. Uh, she was the wife of Abraham. Abram. So she started out, she went from Sarai to Sarah. She's the only woman, the absolute only woman in the Bible whose name was changed by God. So initially her name meant princess. My princess or or my woman. And then it was changed to uh princess to all or mother of all. Depends on who's giving the uh, interpretation. In Genesis uh, 17 and 16, the word of God says, and I will bless her and also give you Abram or Abraham a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations, kings and people shall be from her. God blessed her as a royal princess. She was the mother of many nations to come. Although, although she only lived 120 years. And if you think about her story, she was only able to see one of her seed produced because she died before that seed had been replicated. She died before she was able to see the royal lineage that was to come from her. But she was to be the direct, or or David, King David, was to be a direct descendant of her royal bloodline. And imagine how that line traced to Jesus Christ. God promised her a son and he promised her a son and he established that that son would be named Isaac, laughter. And that God would establish a covenant with him as he did with Abraham. Remember, he had a covenant with Abraham and when that covenant was made, that covenant was extended to Abraham's seed. For it was an everlasting covenant. And all of the descendants of Isaac would reap the rewards, the benefits, the um, outflow of that covenant. We haven't got here yet in our study, but as we continue to learn about Isaac, 
and and we haven't gotten this far, but y'all should have read these scriptures already because it's a part of our week to week. And I haven't submitted the weeks past six, I think. I'm going to go back and, and send y'all the readings for our weeks. But anyway, in Genesis 26, 3 to 4, the word of God says, Dwell in the land and I will be with you and bless you for to you and your descendants. I give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. He said, I'm going to perform the oath, the promise, the covenant, and I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all the lands and in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And what God was talking about in that scripture was the seed of Jesus Christ. Through your descendants, all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Listen, God is a faithful God. He's an awesome God. And we are living, we are living the manifestation of the covenant that he established with Abraham. You know what? It, it just, it boggles my mind sometimes. Folk just want to get rid of the Old Testament. Oh, we ain't living in that dispensation. We ain't, we ain't you know, we're not in a, under the Abrahamic uh, covenant. We're no longer under the Mosaic covenant, you know, the Adamic covenant. You hear all of this? We're under the covenant of grace. <laughs> Y'all better stop getting rid of uh, the Old Testament. There's some good old nuggets in there that God is still operating and performing by in our daily lives. We get so stuck on, on certain things that we are not liberated. We are not free. God made a covenant with Abraham, and by Sarah, the seed was brought forth. She was the vehicle by which God used to bring forth his promise. What a strong woman, what a mighty woman, what an awesome woman who believed and followed God. Before God's promise, Sarah thought that she would never have children. She thought that she would be barren for the rest of her life because that is what she experienced. Can you imagine? Can you imagine everybody around you, the women that were healthy and, and, and fertile and able to produce as, as they're growing, your peers, your counterparts, they're, they're having children and you can have none. And the Bible reflects on uh, Sarah as she was a beautiful woman. She was a beautiful woman. So to have beauty and and here you get this hunk of a man who has all of this prosperity and all of these things. But the one thing, the one thing that you desire, you cannot do. And that is reproduce. I couldn't imagine the burden that she had to bear with that doubt in, in her own womanhood. Now, <laughs> I, I, listen, prophetess. Once I had the first baby, I'm telling you, they just kept coming. Over 10 years, over 10 years, I had five children. And I tell people, I I hope some of you young people are listening to me. Look, what you do to your body in your youth is going to tell on you 
<laughs> when you get older. And so my body last year started yelling and screaming and snitching like a canary. A whole bunch of stuff started acting up in my reproductive system. And uh, I believe that it was because, you know, I was, I was in sin. I was doing things to my body that I should not have been doing at that time. But anyway, with, with, with Sarah, she had seen even her handmaids. She has seen, you know, those who, who, from a stature perspective, that would have been considered or revered lesser than her, she had seen them reproduce. So imagine going through this all of your life and not being able to have a child. And check this out. Even when the promise was given her, it still took time for the promise to be made manifest. Can you imagine? I know we've been there. I've been there. If, I mean, look at look at the ministry. Look at the ministry. God, listen. From the time I was a child, I can remember in my mother and my father's house, I would go in the basement. We had a little couch down there. And I would be playing church. I would be playing church. There are 12 of us. 12 of us. And of all the 12 of us, I am the only child who has what they consider to be a godparent. I was named after my godfather. His name was Donnie, Donald. My name is Don. So that, so God's mark was on my life from the beginning. And as I trace through my life, I can see the moments where God just nudged me closer, nudged me closer, nudged me closer. But there was a season in my life that I knew and understood that God wanted so much more for me in ministry, but I felt so barren. I felt like, God, no, nothing's coming out of this. I cannot reproduce. I hear what you say. I feel what you say. And, 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 and listen, my experience was I knew just like, just like, a lot of times, it's not hard for me. I was, I was a hard-headed, natural child. <laughs> but when it came to obedience to God, when I hear from him, I'm telling you, I obey. So I knew what I heard from God when he first told me that he called me into ministry. And I went on to those that I thought would embrace me and, 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 and cover me and, and, and mentor and coach me and help to cultivate the call that was on my life. And I received rejection. But I knew what God had called me to. And I said, God, but if you want me to do this, you got to show me something. God said, one day I got to let you know you will produce. You will produce. And just like Sarah, I, 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 I had to look myself and say, you, you want me? You want me? You want me to be a pastor? You know, this, this evangelism thing, you know, and, 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 and life coaching thing and, you know, helping women because you already done gave me a heart towards women. I, I, I can do that. But God said, I want you to pastor 
And see, I was I was judging uh, Sarah the other day and I was ridiculing her a little bit. But when I reflect on my own walk, <laughs> I probably laugh myself. Me? Huh? But God say, by your womb will that seed be made manifest, Sarai. The seed that will produce the promise that will conceal and congeal the, the covenant that I made with your husband. I'm going to use you as the vehicle by which I bring forth that promise. And just like Sarai, a lot of us, God has made promises in our lives. We feel like we are in the twilight of our years. Oh, you're going to use me now? <laughs> now, I ain't that old. I'm 20. I'm 20, Lord. I'm 47 years old. I'll be 48 at the end of this year. And uh, so I, I I got some, you know, I got a little, little, little bit left, you know, in, 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 my, in my line, you know. But probably would have been better, <laughs> you know, probably 10, tw- uh, 20 years ago. My brain would have been a little bit different. You know, my thoughtfulness, my my memory, all of that stuff, my physical health. But God said, I'm calling you now. I'm calling you now. So anyway, Sarai was unable to have children. But when God came and made the promise, when, she, when when he came, he called them out. So so the difference in age between Sarai and and uh, Abram had to be about twenty. I mean, about ten years. About ten years. And the reason I say that is because the Bible records her age at uh, Isaac's birth, and he records Abraham's age at Isaac's birth. At 90 and 100. So that's a 10-year span, a 10-year difference. But even with that, my logic says that if God pronounced the uh, promise to Abraham or Abram, I believe he was 90 years old. I need to go back and look. I know it was 75 when he was called out. I believe he was either 85 or 90. When God called him to, uh, or maybe it was 90 when he had Ishmael. I need to go back and look, y'all. It might have been 85, so somebody somebody need to look it up. But it was a period of time, and when God told them that they would produce, and I think I got it somewhere in my notes, so I'll get back to it. I'll get to it. But when God told, see, I told y'all about this brain. <laughs> When God told them, when he gave them a prom- the promise that they would bring forth the seed, and, and, and I'm talking about Isaac, at that time, Sarai was focused on what she had experienced through her life. Well, I don't try this and that, and you know, all these years we've tried and, and couldn't have a baby. Now you telling me that I'm going to have a child? Well, God, I heard from you. You you said, you know, that that, that you were going to give me a child. So that shows me that, that that's allowable for us to have a child. So let me try to help you out. Let me try to help you out. So so she got her handmaiden, Hagar, 
to lay with her husband in order to produce a child. And so the thing about it is this was not God's will. This was not God's will for the lineage that he alone was producing. And see, this is very key, especially as we are going through this journey as a ministry, as a ministry, God is going to do what he said he is going to do. Nothing is going to deter it. Nothing is going to change it, but it is going to be in God's timing and it is going to exceed what we can even expect. So we can't prematurely try to bring in what God has not already ordained to happen in the respective season. Sarah was trying to make, she was trying to speed up God. He said, well, you already said I was going to have a child. So, hey, God, you know, her womb is pretty good. So, so let me go get her. But this was a big mistake. This was a huge mistake. This was, this was something that I want y'all to catch on to this. You got people that surround you that's seeing where God is taking you to. And they know that they are not, that, that God didn't call them to that. That it's not their place or their position. But they're just waiting because, look, they just want the crumbs. I just want some. Look, I want the bragging rights. Hey, God, she didn't, you know, she ain't necessarily want, want her man. But she wanted the bragging rights to be able to thumb her nose down to someone that she felt was superior to her. And so people will take your uh, uh, deficiencies and, and your insecurities and they will use them against you. And they will come under the guise of a helper or a helpmate to usher in what you want or what you desire. But you better be careful. You better learn from Sarai. First of all, you let somebody break the covenant that you have with your husband, you're going to get what you get. But even furthermore, you let somebody bring in a seed. Now, you done made this thing so complicated. Because God cannot contradict himself. When God made the promise to to, uh, Hagar because he heard the cries and the pleas of Ishmael. He said, I'm going to bless him. I'm going to give him uh, possessions. I'm going to bless him. And that blessing had to come to pass because he was Abraham's first seed. Don't y'all lose sight of that. Do not lose sight of that. Because some of us are trying to prematurely do something to hurry God and what he said he was going to do. And you make things complicated. So anyway, she was barren. She couldn't have kids. So she got Hagar. And Hagar had Ishmael. And he was Abraham's first son. And the funny thing about it is Hagar despised Sarah. She despised her. You have a, you have, <laughs> this is why I don't let females get too close to my man. No, uh-uh. Get on, back it up. I don't even play no games. <laughs> it be some of these jokers that can't stand me. But that's okay. But anyway, Hagar 
uh, she despised Sarah and Sarah, she responded in kind to Hagar's behavior. She responded in kind because here you got her. If, if I chose you to, you know, produce for what my man needed, that means I must have trust you, trusted you. And so here, as soon as she get pregnant, she flip on her. She flipped she flip on her. They were so jacked up. And now she want to be nasty. And so, of course, you know, Sarah, listen, I tried to be nice, but you taking my kindness as a weakness. And you think you're going to come up in my man's kingdom, in my house, and disrespect me? I'm going to show you. So she probably did go a little overboard because then she started being very harsh to her. But even as the years were passing, so imagine how Sarah had to watch Ishmael grow and and develop a relationship with his father because Abraham was a man's man. He loved his family. He raised his family. He loved his son. (laughs) And, And she remained childless and had to watch it. And finally at 90, 90 years old, God promised her that she would have a son. So she was 90. She was 90 years old when he made the promise. So that means Abraham was 100. And y'all remember, because we talked about this a lot, at first she laughed. She laughed and then she lied about it. But after all was said and done, after all was said and done, when they questioned in their minds and in their hearts, how can this happen? Look at how old they were focused on themselves. They were focused on their inability to reproduce. And God said, is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything too hard for God? I know y'all 90 and 100. I know I know y'all, you know. Sarah, I know you ain't had no kids, Sarah. But is anything too hard for God? God can do anything. There are no restrictions and no restraints, no limitations to what God can do. God can do anything but lie. He will not contradict himself. God is in a covenant with himself. And he won't turn and bend his will or his plans for anybody. He had a destiny for this world. And it began with Adam and Eve, but the promise, the chosen, those who God said, I'm going to set you aside, began with the with, with Abraham and his line. God is not hindered by any physical limits that we have. He transcends all things. That's why God is the God that he is. That's why he could so <coughs> um, boldly declare that Abraham and Sarah were going to have a child despite what they 
were going through, despite even at that time, their lack of faith and believing that uh, it couldn't be done because they were focused on their limitations, not realizing that God was going to allow this uh, miracle to come forth during this time. And that Isaac would be the father of many nations and he would have countless multitudes of nations and kings and and all that were coming from his lineage and his bloodline. Another thing about uh, Sarai that that I want to point out is, and we haven't gotten here yet, and I'm, I'm still going back and forth on whether we're ready to start in the book of Galatians because I want us to start uh, building that foundation for how, how God intended the church to be. So, so I'm, uh, y'all, we, we may go on that route in the upcoming weeks as well, you know, for our Saturdays. But, but anyway, for now, we're just focused on the, um, the chronological review. But anyway, uh, Paul, he refers to Sarai as the free woman in, in, in Galatians um, 4. And so in the early years of her life, uh, she, was, she was scoffed at by Hagar. She was, she was looked down upon by Hagar. And, and not only that, not only did Hagar scoff at uh, her, her son, her son scoffed at, at uh, at uh, Ishmael. And so she told him to, I want you to cast out that bond, that bond woman, unfree, unfree. Sarah was free. But the bond woman, she said, cast out and her son. And they're not going to heir with my son. They, they won't be heirs or joint heirs with my son. And the, fun, the funny thing about it is that God told Abraham, he said, you better listen to your wife. <laughs> you better listen to your wife. And so Paul in Galatians, he used this as a symbolic symbol of the spiritual inheritance that God offers to us. He used it and he showed that God's promise was not fulfilled by Abraham and and Sarah's own efforts and their plans to have a child with Hagar. But it was by a miracle that God gave Abraham through Sarah. And so in Galatians 4 and 22, I'm going to read this real quick through 26. It says, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bond, a bond. I don't know why I want to say bond, a bound, a bond woman and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to what? The flesh. 
and he of the free woman through promise, which things are symbolic. For these are two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gave birth to bondage, which is Hagar, for this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which is now and is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of all of us. Hagar was Sarah's handmaid, and so she was a bondwoman, and it symbolized Jerusalem, which is now and is in bondage with her children. And Sarah, on the other hand, was the free woman, the true wife, the, 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 the real wife, with the real wife of Abraham, please stand up. And she was a, a symbol of the heavenly Jerusalem. The Jerusalem that was above, because he said Jerusalem above is free. Jerusalem above is the mother of all of us who are born of God, children of faith and promise. So it was through, it was through Sarai, it was through the free woman that the promise was made manifest. Isaac went on to have children. And those children became the promise. It was by faith that Sarah received the miracle of being able to conceive a child at her old age. And she bore to Abraham a son of promise and his name was Isaac. They called him laughter. She became the mother of many nations and the mother of a royal priest line, a royal line of kings. She became a symbolic symbol of <clears throat> Jerusalem above. She was a free woman. She was a symbol of a mother of promise. She was the mother of many. Now, some say that Sarah lived to be 120 years old. And it's thought by many that at the time, that Abraham was commissioned by God or commanded by God to sacrifice his son as they went up to the mountains to sacrifice him. Sarah was somewhere, I mean, Sarah was somewhere around. She was still living at that time. And because she died soon after, it is believed that what caused her death was the belief that her her son had been sacrificed. Mm, mm, mm. My God. Mm. Whoo, shekanaboshaba. Can you imagine the one thing the one that God gave you every, he gave you beauty. He gave you possessions. He gave you riches. But the one thing that you desired more than anything was a seed, a child of your own. 
you've gone through public shame and 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 and, and just being feeling like you're less than a woman because you couldn't produce what the natural woman could have. And finally, God gives you a promise. You got something tangible to hold on to. And even though you made the mistake of saying, well, I'm going to rush God and I'm going to, I'm going to get my hand made to do this for me. But God gave you a promise. So at least you had a path to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so you, you had this child. And if, 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 if the Bible, you know, is right and the timing is right, if she died at 120, that means Abraham was 130 years old. That means if he was 100 when he had uh, uh, Isaac, that means Isaac was 30 years, 30 years old. She had 30 years, 30 years of a relationship with a child that she thought could never be. 30 years mm, with somebody that she felt, oh my God, finally, finally, I get to have what I never thought I could have. God bless me. He showed me by faith everything that he promised me. He did it. And to have that taken away from you, to have it sacrificed. See, Abraham was like, okay, God, I got it because I trust you. I walk with you. I talk with you. I see you differently. And if you say do it, I know and understand something that they're going to learn in the New Testament, that all things work together for the good of those who love you. So I trust you, but Sarah's faith wasn't there. And to lose the very thing, my God, or to, to, to believe, to have believed that. Because it is believed that as a result of her belief that her son had been sacrificed, she gave up the ghost. She died. So when, when Abraham came back down and realized that she had died and, and he purchased the land to be able to bury her, that was right after the sacrifice. Boy, oh boy, if only she could have held on just a little bit longer. Ain't that what happened to us? If only we could, we get right there at the brink of breakthrough. Because had she been there waiting for Abraham and hearing the story of how he was about to make that sacrifice and right when he was ready to execute, God put a ram in the bush. And spared the life of their son. And hear the son coming back with the father. Imagine how the story could have turned. How she could have lived out the remaining part of her, her life, the rest of her days. When I tell you that thing touches me, like, whew, because we've all been there. When God has given us a promise, we waited so long for it. And finally, we get it in the grips of our grasp of our hands. And we're able to live with it and live with it for some years. And we think that we're safe. And next thing you know, somebody takes it off and sacrifices it. And we don't know what the end is going to be. We don't know what's going to happen at the end. All we know is you took what God blessed me with. 
My heart breaks for her. I grieve for her pain and what she could have gone through just believing that her son was taken away. She's a great example for all of us as women, as Christian women to to live by. I'm telling you, y'all better stop throwing away the Old Testament because we've got some good nuggets there. And so as a wife and as a mother, she set a great example for us. In 1 Peter 3, 3 through 6, the word of God says, do not let your adornment be merely outward. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this matter, in former things, the holy woman who trusted in God and adored themselves, being submissive to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. She gave us a good example. Now, I'm going to tell you something about Dawn. Oh, no, Sarah. Baby, if Derek comes to me and say, God said, I need to take one of your kids up and sacrifice them, we might have some questions. But we already established that God ain't doing stuff quite the same. He he already made that point. He ain't got to make it again. So if Negroes saying God said, take and sacrifice your kids, we know they lying. But she she submitted. She submitted to Abraham. Can you imagine her getting the, the, the conversation from him? I was about to say the car, but they ain't had no phone. <laughs> Forget him coming to her and saying, listen, Sarah, 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 uh, at that time, God is telling me to leave for my father's land, you know. He's telling me to get up and, and come on and leave. And she just get up and do it. And then all the stuff, you know, they going from pillar to post and from place to place. And she's still going after following him and obeying his will. She's a great example to us. She's a wonderful example. example. She's a pillar of a woman. Now, we know that Christ is, he's our number one example But we can learn so much. We can learn so much from the life of Sarah and Abraham. We can learn from Lot. I mean, all of them we can learn from. But the fact of the matter is she gives us a great example. As we continue to walk out our faith and live our lives in faith and await God's promises, we can learn from Sarah. We can learn. And just like I said before, sometimes, you know, with people, it ain't always about you learn it from somebody who did it perfect because sometimes folk who didn't do it perfect can show you what not to do, what mistakes not to make. She built a legacy of faith. She built a legacy of faith. And even though she laughed in the beginning, it wasn't necessarily that she didn't have faith. She just laughed because she was amazed. It was funny to her. 
you know, sometimes I laugh when God tell me stuff too. She was a great woman of faith. Her faith was demonstrated in her submission to her husband and the and 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 just walking with him. She was a phenomenal woman. Someone that we all can learn from. And so I think I'm going to end here because I think I went a little bit longer than I expected. But y'all know I always do. But I thank God because it gets good. (laughs) All right. So we wanted to learn a little bit about Sarah. Uh, Sarah, and if you all learn anything or want to share, let's share together. This thing is deep. All right. I love you all, and I pray that this was a blessing. Amen. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.